Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration is day three of the Unedited series, a 14-day teaching series that reminds you that God does not edit out the ugly parts of your story because He can use all of it to get the glory. And on this Thursday, September 24th, 2020 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast, you will be encouraged to embrace your process. Along your journey of faith, you will face intimidating storms that you won't always know how to handle. There may be times when fear will threaten to sink your faith, but God will stretch out His hand to help you. As long as you embrace your process, keep walking with the Lord, and refuse to give up, you will rise above all of this and become an example of how God's power is able to overcome our weakness and bring His name the glory. Welcome to another broadcast. It's Deanna Hobbs here bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. I am so elated about how God is using this series to be a blessing and our ministry team has received so many wonderful messages that have encouraged our hearts and we've gotten those prayer requests too. Please know we are interceding for you and God is doing something so special in this season. I just appreciate you tuning in and I'm grateful for the opportunity always to minister the Word of God. Today, I'd like to do one of my favorite things to do, which is to highlight a praise report from a precious member of our faith community named Becky in Nevada. Becky wrote into the ministry and said, I have spent a lot of years letting my addiction to drugs and alcohol ruin me. Addiction runs in my family and I gave over to it. Two years ago, before I was clean, I learned about your ministry through a Christian recovery program where you were recommended as an inspiration resource. Since that time, your ministry has been very impactful on my journey. I just celebrated six months clean and sober, and your words of encouragement have given me strength when I feel weak. Thanks for everything. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of our great God. Becky, I am rejoicing over this wonderful news. And I thank God that you shared that powerful testimony of victory. Our faith family is praying for your continued strength. Can we get a praise break for what God is doing in Becky's life? and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org donate. Thank you for your generosity. All right, it is time to start day three of our unedited series with a prayer. God, we are gathered together again to hear a word from you. Thank you for sending this person to press play. I ask that you word my mouth, anoint me for this assignment, and let this word liberate everyone who hears it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I remember my doctor warning me before discharging me from the hospital that I was going to have a fierce and intense battle with anxiety after I got home. 
I was thinking, nope, not me. The devil is a lie. God had already showed up in the hospital and worked a miracle. You know, I couldn't walk, talk, swallow. My tongue had shifted. My left side was paralyzed. I didn't know what year it was. I'd start seizing whenever I tried to move. But even though the doctors expected me to be in a bad way for a long time, God restored all my faculties before I was even discharged. I got up out of the hospital bed by faith and walked. So I was thinking, what is a little anxiety? Before last August, whenever I heard the word anxiety, I thought of it in the context of my personal experience up to that point. Anxiety was like being worried or stressed out over something or feeling overwhelmed or nervous. I had no reference point for the fiery furnace of mental affliction that I was about to be thrown into. The kind of anxiety that my doctor was warning me about was linked to the damage of my brain cells and internal involuntary triggers resulting from trauma. Even though the medical team had been giving me anxiety and depression medication and I had started having panic attacks in the hospital, I wasn't thinking that any of those episodes would follow me home. Oh, but they did, and I had grossly underestimated the fight I was in for. I got well acquainted with panic attacks, and they felt absolutely terrifying. I would start sweating and trembling. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I'd die, like I was about to have another seizure. I'd get hot. I'd feel numbness and tingling, and my heart would speed up so fast. I'd get dizzy and nauseous. There would be this sense of terrible doom and loss of control. I'd wake up out of my sleep having panic attacks. Whew, it was a lot. But my doctor said, despite what was happening with me, he didn't want to medicate me because he didn't think pills were the answer. He told me I was going to need my husband to talk to me, encourage me, and hold my hand through the process. He was right. Kenya did hold my hand through it and I needed him. And as Kenya held my hand, we both put our hands in God's because we needed the Lord to help us and walk us through this tumultuous season full of intimidating winds and waves of anxiety and emotional storms and lots of uncertainty. And speaking of storms and uncertainty, yesterday I was reading about Peter in Matthew 14 and 22 through 33. When Peter got out of the boat and walked on water, it's so interesting that his triumphant moment of faith is often overshadowed by his not so triumphant moment of panic. Though he displayed incredible faith by stepping out of the boat in high winds at Jesus' command, we mostly focus on Peter's fear and his temporary faith crisis that's found in Matthew 14 and 30. And that passage tells us that when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous on the lake, he got scared and started sinking and cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter so he wouldn't drown. And then Jesus said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? We usually stop there, but the next verse really captured my attention. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. 
When I read that verse, I thought, wouldn't it have been much easier on Peter if God caused the wind to die down while he was out there taking faith steps on top of water versus when Peter was back in the safety of the boat? Since God clearly controls the winds, why not command the winds to stop blowing? Wouldn't that story have looked so much better in the Bible if the panic scene had never happened at all? Like, wouldn't it have been cool if the moment Peter stepped on the water, the wind stopped blowing, and he made it all the way over to Jesus? I mean, sure, I guess that would have been really cool, but God is not after what looks cool. And that's why we don't get to create our own Bible stories and edit all the realism out of scripture. God lets us inside this raw depiction of how most of us react in a terrifying storm when our faith is being tested. It's easy to say, I trust God in theory, right? It's easy to declare as long as Jesus is in the storm with me, I don't have any reason to be afraid. And that sounds good. And it's also true. We don't need to fear when the Lord is with us. But the truth is, sometimes we do. In this story, the Bible is very specific about what scared Peter, and it was the sheer strength and force of the overpowering, angry, relentless wind that was blowing. The wind was stronger than Peter was, and he was intimidated by it, and so he sank. Was this one of Peter's finest moments in scripture? No, but you can't judge Peter by a moment, just like you can't judge yourself by a moment. I think about my own story and how I've already shared that I got up out of the hospital bed while my leg wasn't working by faith and God restored my ability to walk on the spot and medical professionals were astonished. But then when those panic attacks kicked in, they intimidated me. There was something going on in my body that I didn't understand that sent off alarm bells in me. There were days when I was too scared to be alone in a room for more than five minutes. I would have a full-on meltdown and feel paralyzed by fear. Now, I could edit that part out. I could just tell you about me getting out of the bed and walking by God's power. But I need you to know that yes, God's power lives in me. Yes, faith activates his power. And yes, faith works. And yet, we are all only human. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 in the Good News translation says it like this. Yet, we who have this spiritual treasure are like common clay pots in order to show that the supreme power belongs to God, not to us. We are just jars of clay made from dust and anything supernatural we experience in this body is not because we've manufactured some sort of greatness of our own. It's the grace of God on our lives and all the glory belongs to him alone. I want to make it clear that each day of this series that I open up and that I'm transparent, it's all being done in obedience to God. And his assignment for me is to show you that we are just jars of clay. He is strong and mighty. We are weak and feeble. Now, if I just got caught up in my flesh and my feelings and caved in to what Deanna would rather do, there's no way I'd publicly talk about what I've been through and am going through. I would edit out all these details and delete entirely 
entire pages from the story. But you know, if I always privatize my pain and only share my testimony of overcoming, what glory does God get out of that? So I will unashamedly say there are triumphant moments of faith in my life. And then there are moments like the one I told you about yesterday when I was a blubbering mess and super embarrassed after ruining dinner and needing to be consoled by my children. But every day, whatever I'm going through and facing, I see God's hand of grace on my life. And no matter what happens, I keep confessing his word. A little while ago, God impressed it upon me to speak 2 Timothy 1 and 7 over my life every single day. And that scripture says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One day, as I was sitting in my room, I said it over and over until I felt the presence of the Lord all around me. And I know that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And a few nights ago, let me tell you this, Daily Cup family, I woke up out of my sleep, shaking and sweating the whole nine. It was one of those dreaded panic attacks. But I also woke up in the middle of that panic attack, hearing myself praying and calling on the name of Jesus before I was full conscious, my spirit was already praying and my emotions and all those triggers that were causing an internal storm to rage started calming down. And let me tell you, that was the fastest that any of those episodes has ever stopped since I started having them. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's progress. And I praise God for those steps that might seem small to somebody else, but are major for me. Peter took major steps of faith and not just when he walked on water. He was on a steady growth track throughout scripture. Remember when Peter famously cut off the ear of Malchus, the servant of the Jewish high priest Caiaphas, when Malchus tried to arrest Jesus? Well, once Jesus was arrested and the opposition kicked up a notch, Peter, though he had been zealous, was not courageous when he realized that his own life was in danger because he was connected to the Messiah. And you know what Peter did? He denied Jesus the Three times, just as Jesus prophesied in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. But Peter was no lost cause. He rose to become the leader of the 12 disciples after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven. In the book of Acts, we see Peter carrying on the work. He won many souls to Christ, and he even raised a woman named Dorcas from the dead. He had some high points and low points, but when it was all said and done, God got glory out of his imperfect, unedited, messy life. Again, he went through a process just like you and me. And I want you to remember this about your process. Even if every step you take isn't a confident one, and even if you aren't where you want to be, you've got to know that God isn't finished with you yet. And he's sending this word on day three of our unedited series to let you know if you don't quit, you'll keep on making progress through the process. You've got to see yourself in the future where you look much better than you do right now. You might have experienced a sinking phase or two like Peter did, but that's not the end of your story. If you go back to Luke 22 and 31 through 32, you'll find the words Jesus spoke to Peter before Peter reached his maximum potential. Jesus told him, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. 
But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have been converted, strengthen your brothers. Jesus interceded for Peter and knew that there was a turning point that would come in Peter's life where he would go from being weak to strengthening others, from fearing death to raising somebody from the dead, from denying Christ to boldly preaching Christ to the saving of many souls. God didn't edit Peter's process and make it look perfect. Nope, he left the ugly phases in so we could marvel over how far God brought him and be encouraged to know that the same God who did it for Peter will do it for us. The same Jesus who interceded for Peter intercedes for us. The same Savior who rescued Peter from drowning will rescue us. And then one day, like Peter, you and I will look back over our lives and see how far we've come. And we won't take any credit for the amazing things that have happened. Instead, we will happily and humbly declare the words of Psalm 124 and one in the King James Version, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration, it says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. As you drink down the contents of your cup, be grateful for your unedited, raw, imperfect process. Embrace it because you're headed toward an even brighter future where you'll be able to look in retrospect and say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. I have been obedient by sharing what you told me to say. I pray that this word will produce fruit in their life as they go through their own process. I ask, oh God, that in times when they feel overwhelmed, intimidated, and discouraged, help them to persevere and not to be weary in well-doing so that in due season, according to your word, they will reap a harvest because they didn't give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.